If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben and with me here today is Brandon. What's up, dude? Hey, Ben. What, what was that face you were making right before? Nothing. Just uh, happy to be here. Oh. I had Chipotle for dinner. Oh my. I often... See, I, I always talk about what I had for dinner. But that's because I do it like moments before we end up recording. I leave my house directly after eating. Sometimes eating in the car on my way over. Sure. And then I come here. So it's on the mind. I had Chipotle. It's been... Since I worked at the bank, probably close to two, three months since yeah. I had Chipotle. Mm-hmm. And I say that's far too long. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. That's I, been that's been less time than since I've been at Chipotle, though. <sighs> Our local Chipotle is just not up to par. And I'm just, I know it's, they, people say it's gotten a little better. But yeah. I'm like, if I'm going to go spend 10 or 12 bucks, I want to know it's good. Right. Although, even at its worst... I could spend that much at McDonald's and have a way shittier meal. Absolutely. So that's the only caveat I give to that. I will say it was overall good, but the guac was the guac from lunchtime. Oh, it yeah. just was. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. It tastes good. It just looks like shit. If it I makes mean, it, it just feel, looks like shit. If, if it makes you feel any better, um, it's all just in a bag. I they, they don't actually make I it know. fresh. So, you know. Well, you know what actually, I, I do think they make that. Oh really? I'm I'm almost positive they make that. I thought for sure I've seen them like refreshing the guac and they just like get it out of a bag and dump it in. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. It's um, just a slurry, a green yeah. slurry. So, yeah. You know what I had for dinner, Brandon? What did you have for dinner? I've been running all day and been busy and uh did not eat at all. So I was like, I gotta get some uh get some glizzies at sheets. Oh <laughs> listen. The the hot the gas station hot dog. Yeah. Is something that you know, people in other parts of the country would scoff at because they think of the rollers. Sure. We're talking about gourmet sheets made to order. On well, a pretz- gour- on I'm a pretzel use- bun. Oh, dude. That's the good shit, man. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's like 40 cents extra. It's totally worth it. Absolutely worth it. I tried something a little bit adventurous the other day with my hot dogs. I got jalapenos on top and jalapeno ranch. Oh, my Lord. Don't knock ranch on a hot dog. You know, I know... It's non-traditional, but... It's not traditional, yeah. but sure, you could put anything on a dog. Sure. Spice it up. I mean, you got the fucking snouts and the tails in there, so you got to make it taste good somehow. Right. Um, but yeah, coming out of it with four slabs of meat on four slabs of bun mm-hmm. uh, for like a couple bucks, there is no better value. Yeah. There just isn't. Agreed. Also with us today is Dave. Dave, I'm assuming you haven't eaten yet because you usually don't eat till after the show. I have not eaten. In fact, I, I, I rolled the dice a little bit. My wife... Went out like right before we started recording and I handed her my credit card and I said, by the time we're ready to start cooking, uh, we're not going to want to cook. So buy yourself (laughs) something special and get me something too. So we'll see what she she comes back with. Now, Dave, I have a maybe a little bit of a personal question here. You just said you handed your wife the credit card. Yeah. Does she not have access to your credit card normally? 
No. Like you, you guys don't share accounts? No, we, we share a account, uh-huh. um, like a debit account, but it's just used for like our mortgage and our condo fees and property taxes and that stuff. Otherwise, we, we, we have our own debit card and credit card and all that stuff. So you treated her to dinner? I guess. I mean, it was born out of laziness and not love. Right. Um, I mean, it's still food is love no matter where why. I agree. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there was no stipulation. There was no like only spend this much money or go get me this or it was just here you go. Let's let's see what you come up with. I'm kind of excited because I I, I I have no idea what's going to come through that door apart from my wife. That was going to be my follow up, Dave. I said more importantly <laughs> than that altogether is what's your best guess? <laughs> and what, is she bringing you something too then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, what's that your was, best guess? Um, I'm going to guess um, Subway. Okay. Or Mr. Sub. Do you guys have Mr. Sub in the US? No. I would love okay. to have anything that isn't Subway I mean, as far do. as a sub goes. I know we do, but I'm saying this must, Mr. Sub sounds intriguing to me for that reason. When you compare the two. Does Mr. Sub have a mustache? <laughs> I've never yes, met him. Exactly. But, and they don't even, it's not like Wendy's where like the logo's a face. It's just a word that says Mr. Sub. But it's, it's, it's obviously a lot like Subway, but uh, the chicken doesn't taste like soy. Mm-hmm. And the bread doesn't make your fingers smell like preservatives. Um, so it's just better. So that, that would be my guess is Mr. Sub. Hell yeah. So let me tell you guys a little story about Subway. I don't, I don't hate on Subway. It's fine for what it is. It sucks. It, it's not great, but it's fine for what it is. Like, you know, when you go to Subway, you, what exactly what you're getting. Exactly. Now, Subway used to be like $5 footlongs. They haven't done that in years, and it's only gotten higher with you know the economy and everything the way it is and prices. But my kids got these coupons at the library, and they were like months ago, and they were desperate to use them. It was basically if they got a – if you bought a footlong, you also got a free kid's meal or whatever. Nice. And I didn't really care because I'm like, guys, like – then we'd have to go to Subway. Right. Like we can go anywhere else. We can get whatever. But they really wanted to use them. So like finally on like the, ne- the next to last day before they expired, I was like, all right, let's go. They really, they were like bugging us. So we went and they got their free kids meals, which I don't even know how much those are. And Emily and I both got a foot long and that was it. We didn't get a drink. We didn't get chips. No, I got it. I got a small drink. She got like a glass of water or something. And we actually ate at Subway because we were on our way to somewhere else. The, between the sub that she and I got and my small soft drink and their free meals, it was $29 and some change. Yep. Ooh. Yep. For Subway. Yep. I was like, guys, we could have eaten real food for this amount of money. I didn't make the kids feel bad because they were super happy that they got their meals for free, which their kids, like we always pay for their meals. I don't right. know why it was necessary. Sure. I think it was just a good excuse. They wanted to get a Subway. Yeah, sure. Anyway, that's the story about Subway. See, my trade-off is that I will eat Subway. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, a time or two, I might even enjoy it. But sure. that is my biggest complaint. You know, McDonald's has got more expensive. But relatively, mm-hmm. if you pick and choose from the menu, yeah. you could still get some sort of value. It's going to be more expensive than it was five, six, seven years ago. But with Subway, everything is expensive and the quality is down. So that's my complaint is you can't even really piecemeal it to kind of save yourself in the long run. It's just all the same standard and all the high price. Now, I will say this. I used to get the spicy Italian when I would go to Subway. That's a good sub. It's a decent sub. 
and it was like five to six dollars for the longest time and then for it half went, for no for a full for, one for a whole yeah it was still on like the cheaper side and it was a decent sub and i you know i'd load it up of course and then it's gotten incrementally more expensive but the other day when we went i was gonna get the spicy italian and i looked and it was 9.79 for a foot long yeah that's crazy and i said you know what there's these new cheesesteaks they have that are on their like special menu and they're only two dollars more i'm just gonna get one of those because that sounds good today yeah uh and then i don't know it ended up somehow still being 30 dollars for God, two damn. two subs so that's crazy yeah 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 mcdonald's a couple like, i haven't been there in a couple months but the last time i was there they had a special that was like you know, there's their spicy chicken sandwich and fries and a drink for five bucks. And I'm like, you don't you can't beat this anymore. You cannot. You, you can do it. This is a show about fast food. And terrible fast food for that matter. <laughs> uh, also about video games. Sometimes you can go over and support us if you like on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You get ad free early access to the show uh, for free. Totally free. You can get access to our discord by going to handsomefandom.com slash discord. We'd love to have you there. We'd love to talk about games with you or just about your life in general, I suppose. I mean, we don't care as much about your life as we care about games, <laughs> but we'll still talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. And uh, I got to say, you guys have been a little quiet recently. A little quiet. There's still activity. Don't get me wrong. But we need you guys to step it up. Sure. I mean, it's a slow time for games. I get it. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. Speaking of it being a slow time for games, <laughs> again, uh, for the third week in a row, uh, we have very little to talk about as far as that goes, but we have, you know, we have our most anticipated section coming up here at the end of the show. So let's talk first about Xbox Game Pass, which we've never we've never actually talked about Game Pass before, right? Like, no. this is what, what is it? Show. Is it ten ninety nine a month by any chance? Um, that's in Canada. Canada, I think it's actually more expensive than that. But you, you've all taught me something. Um, uh, this this wonderful thing that is cdkeys.com. Yes, oh, yes. Man, oh, man. yes. Uh, I have both of my subscriptions expiring uh, next week. That's Game Pass and PSN, and I, I'm kind of looking forward to hitting the jackpot there with CD keys. I'm, yeah, I'm not I, a, a slave to the corpos anymore. As it right. Were. I've been using CD keys for, I don't know, a decade plus. I don't think I've bought a subscription through the service. There was a little while where I was like, automatically renewing game pass and it was fifteen dollars because i have ultimate but most of the time i just go to cd keys yeah i mean it's a legitimate website but something always feels off when i do it well see i still like it i still like it so i I still use it. i talked to my one of my friends at a unnamed publisher that was telling me like they will sell a bunch of keys to places like cd and there's some out there that are non-authorized but like there, there's CD keys and there's some other like authorized retailers that they'll sell them to them at a discount. And CD keys then can still turn around and make a profit, but you're getting a deal still. Right. So like they're coming from the publisher or the, or the platform holder for that matter. So like they're legit most of the, I mean, I assume not all the time, probably there's something that slips through there, but you're right. It does feel a little bit dirty. Yeah, you don't really really does. So according to GameSpot, Xbox Game Pass is adding these three JRPGs in January. And let's just get this out of the way right now. We don't need any more Japanese games. Okay. <laughs> Damn, dude. We certainly don't need any more. You are an RPGs. Xbox fan, aren't you? <laughs> what? You are an Xbox yeah. fan, aren't you? Jesus Christ. The Game Pass news is getting to you, man. Tell me the tell me the last JRPG you played, Brandon. Persona five. When was that? A couple years ago. Four years ago. I played a bunch five of them. Years ago. I'm technically playing a JRPG right yeah. now, I think. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. 
Uh, okay, so some of the games that have been previously confirmed, and for Alice fans, there's a lot to look forward to. Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden headline the first batch of January Game Pass releases, bringing the classic RPGs to Xbox consoles, PC, and cloud gaming on January 19th. And on January 20th, you'll be able to jump into Capcom's Monster Hunter Rise. I guess Monster you Hunter? haven't played Rise, but... I play World. But Rise is a JRPG, so... Uh, Pokemon, it... Ben. <laughs> Have you played Pokemon recently, Brendan? I've played hundreds of hours of Pokemon recently in my life. I said recently. God damn you. Would you really consider Monster Hunter a JRPG? Monster Hunter Rise? It's technically a Japanese role-playing game, so it is a JRPG. It's just not the genre we normally think of. Yeah, it's also not turn-based, but... I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just... It's interesting. Listen, I'm not categorizing it that way. GameSpot's categorizing it that way. Gotcha. I haven't played it. Blame them. Yeah. Uh, they also announced a couple of days ago, they added uh, Mortal Shell and Stranded Deep. And Mortal Shell, I feel like Mortal Shell was on there before, but maybe I'm wrong. It was a free game on PlayStation Plus. Okay, that's yeah. probably it. And so it was Stranded Deep. Yes. Uh, long, like a last year, yeah, I think. a while ago. But they dicked me out of it because they didn't give me the better version of um, Mortal Shell. I wanted to play it, but I didn't want to pay. So. Yeah. They gave me the shitty version, the PS4 version. Do you remember on, uh, it was free on PlayStation Plus, um, uh, what remains of Edith Finch? What remains of the Binding of Isaac? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Uh, and I played through it, and it was the PS4 version. And then because they didn't make the PS5 version available, and then like two weeks later, they made it available after I finished. Thirty. So, I mean, it's such a short game; I can yeah. play it again easily. But. Thirty. Dave, are you looking forward? I know you said you want to play a Persona game. I don't. I think you probably are going for five. But do any of these other JRPGs sound appealing to you? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll check out probably four, um, and I just want to remind everybody that my my resolution for the Persona thing was to play a Persona game. Um, so I, I think checking out a game kind of counts, but uh, with Persona Four coming to Game Pass, that might be the easiest one to just kind of check out. And then, hey, if I kind of like it, then maybe I'll I'll spend a couple bucks and get Persona Five. Um, Monster Hunter is the more interesting one to me because. I think with uh, Monster Hunter Rise coming to Xbox and I, is it already on PS5 or it's it's launching shortly? That um, sounds right. I think it was late or something. Yeah, I, I've started to see more Monster Hunter news. And anytime you get a port like this, I think at this point, a lot of people are talking about Monster Hunter 6 or whatever the next one's going to be. So sure. I've been more thinking about Monster Hunter World myself. Um, I played Rise when it launched on the Switch uh loved it but um it didn't have like the challenge that world did it just kind of felt easier which was okay um but i don't know i i kind of had this urge to to start a new character in in monster hunter world i don't know if it's going to happen but um in any case rise is definitely worth checking out if you have even a cursory interest in the monster hunter franchise so yeah yeah, i know our buddy dustin played it a good bit um with another friend and really enjoyed it but when they were talking about some DLC and stuff coming to it, he said, I've, I've experienced it. That's all. Like, I, I don't need to play it anymore. So, yeah, it's just like more monsters and more worlds. So, I mean, that, that kind of that. OK, that, that's selling it a little short. And the only reason I say that is I know you're being funny, Brandon, but the wire bug um, mechanics in the game add like a new element of movement that really changes the game. Um. So, I mean, if you played World and you liked World and maybe you just kind of held out for Rise, it's at least worth checking out just to kind of see how those new 
wire bug move sets sort of change verticality and some of the new moves you get. So no, uh, no, Dave, I think you misunderstood me. I completely agree. Rise is a different game. I think I think Ben was talking about DLC for Rise. Yeah. All right. Fuck you guys. I'm, <laughs> but but that's going to transfer into what I'm saying is that I'm excited for Rise. I'd considered playing it. Um, I do Steam Share with Dustin, and he has it on Steam. But this will remedy my issue of not being able to play it whenever he's online if I could just play it on Game Pass. That's true. So I'm very excited about the wire bugs. I'm very excited about the um, the mounts. Mounts mounts and wire bugs is something that uh, World does not have, and I'm very interested in. Um, being able to combo from your from your bugs and combo from your mounts actually sounds incredible. Um, so I actually do think I'm going to be checking this out now. Yeah. But the other ones, I mean, I don't know. If I'm going to play any, I'm going to play Persona 5. Yeah. And I'm not trying to dissuade you, um, Dave, but I know just simply Persona 4 being a much older game, I'm sure it's a fantastic groundbreaking entry in the series but um i know me personally sometimes when i play games that i'm not 100 percent sure about for me it's always best to like play get it in one. its view it on its best side let's say yeah. that the series um so fair enough yeah, there's a lot of concerns with with persona 3 portable just because they're like making some changes or it's a different version than some people prefer i don't know i don't care about weeb stuff right yeah. so right According to VideoGamesChronicle.com, Forza Horizon leads leave Xbox's Playgrounds games to form a new AAA studios. And it says that the Leamington Spa UK-based outfits founding team is led by Forza, Forza Horizon creative director Mike Brown, who's serving as its creative director and studio head. The startup said it has secured significant seed funding and its debut game will be a new premium open world title for consoles and PC although Tuesday's announcement didn't confirm if it's in the racing genre. Maverick's leadership team also includes Chief Operating Officer Harinder Sangha, who was previously co-studio head of Sumo Digital Leamington and executive producer Tom Butcher, who was formerly lead producer at Playgrounds. Chief Technology Officer Matt Craven was Playgrounds Technical Director. Its content director, Gareth Hardwood, Harwood, was Technical Art Director at the Xbox Studio and Audio Director Fraser Strachan, I hope I'm pronouncing all these names correctly, but it doesn't matter. Held the same role at the Forza developer. Ex-Playground Studio Art Director Ben Penrose is Maverick's Art Director, while former EA Experience Design Director Ellie Marshall is the company's UX UI Director. Our goal is for Maverick Games to be a studio people will love. For players, we're already at work on an exciting, ultra-high-quality title, and for developers, we're building a home where everyone is encouraged to take risks, be curious, and be creative, be innovative, be themselves, and above all, be a Maverick. I normally don't read full articles, but I wanted to read that one because of all the heavy hitters they have in there. Now, I'm not necessarily familiar with all these names, but I'm familiar with all of their work. And you've got like a whole bunch of people from Playground. You've got people from uh, other studios as well. You got EA uh, people in there. You got uh, Sumo Digital. Like, there's a lot of people here. Dave, is is this is this promising? I'm, obviously, we haven't seen anything or know even what they're making, but... I don't know, but uh, it just kind of goes to show what um, a curse it can be to kind of hit it big and become, you know, a first party developer. Because the second you strike gold with a game, that's all you're going to be expected to churn out. Um, And I mean, if you look through Playground Games' catalog, it's all Forza Horizon. 
and then now Fable. So this is what Fable does to studios is it destroys them. Yeah. But um, I don't know. The article goes on to talk about um, from, I, what is his name? Mike Evans, Mike Jones, uh, and he, the director, the, 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 the kind of lead yeah. guy. Um, how he, he basically Mike was Mike Brown. <laughs> like you can't be like, they were looking forward to being kind of creative and coming up with new ideas because I'm sure they've just kind of been shackled by the Forza Horizon franchise, which I mean, at this point, I would argue that Forza Horizon has overtaken Forza Motorsport in popularity. I know there's some recency yeah. bias there, but I mean, it's it's you strike big with a game like Forza Horizon and all you're expected to do is churn out those games. So it seems like this is a, an opportunity for them to to kind of spread their wings and use their talent for something a little bit different. And to answer your question, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with racing because I mean, the, the whole reason they left was, um, you know, to try something new. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with, but it's uh, yeah, it's just, it's just funny to see that, um, you know, that, that they actually had to step away to try something new because um, yeah, I think all Microsoft wants from Playground Games is, I guess, support on Fable, and you're going to churn out the cash cow that is Forza Horizon. So, I will say that I think I think you're right about Horizon overtaking Motorsport, and that's probably because it appeals to more casual market. Like, I don't yeah. really care a whole ton about racing or car games, and I certainly care less. Like, I like them, but they're not something I'm passionate about. And I care a lot less about things that are more sim than they are sandbox, not sandbox, but you know, you know what I mean with, with Forza Horizon. So I think it's definitely the casual market has amplified the Horizon series more than the motorsport series. Brandon, you're a, you're also along with Dave, a big racing guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. I agree with what both of you are saying. Forza, I mean, the numbers show it definitely surpassed um <laughs> horizon definitely surpassed motorsport at least in the last iteration by a large margin um and i agree with ben i think it is due to a more casual market being able to consume this i mean if i went up to somebody on the street who even had a passing interest in cars and said hey would you be more interested in driving this ford bronco on the beach of mexico or on the nuremberg and they're going to say what the fuck is the nuremberg <laughs> so like you know Coming from someone who didn't have a healthy appreciation for that sort of thing prior to p playing games like GT7 and GT Sport, I get it. It's not for everybody, but I agree. I just think there's more mass appeal in a game like Forza Horizon. It can speak to more people. Um, as far as the uh, the developers leaving, I think Dave kind of hit it on the on the head there. I wouldn't be surprised that they if they were incredibly limited in what they were able to do as far as scope goes. Um, and I could see them trying something different. Um, I don't think those skills will all directly translate. Um, you know, having played a game like Forza um, Horizon, I do see some things that would kind of be similar. I don't know. I just think they're going to have some challenges. Whenever you make something like that and hone it for years, I feel like, one of two things are going to happen. You're going to shoot for the stars and land short, or you're just going to knock it out of the park because you're so ready to make something different. I just think there, there's no in between here. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they do because, you know, who knows how much of a part any of these individual people had on the final product um, individually. Um, but I'm sure as a whole, with this much talent, they'll be able to scrap together something pretty good. 
yeah let's hope so uh i mean i am curious i i I have this feeling that I don't think it's going to be anything in the racing genre at all. No, I agree. Because Dave said it perfect. You know, why are they leaving then? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're working on one of the biggest racing franchises ever made, unless they're trying to do something that's totally different. But I don't know that there's a whole lot of room. Like, these are the kind of people, the people at least who work the playground, that if they said, hey, uh, we just want to go to a different racing franchise like any of the other ones would have scooped them up. Oh, easily. So easily. Yeah, I can't imagine they're. they're yeah, they are to... hot right now, especially after <laughs> Horizon. Right. So. Okay, let's see what else we got here. We don't have a whole lot else actually. There's really almost nothing to, to talk about. That's not. So just to let the audience in, and I think you guys know this. I personally am not huge on like rumors and leaks, and that is a lot of what we've had over the last couple weeks. And so I'm not speaking for Brandon and Dave, although they didn't uh, disagree with me when I brought that up. But so if there's something out there that you guys want us to specifically comment on as far as rumors or leaks, we'll, ha- we'll happily do that. But I just I don't really get a lot of satisfaction out of speculation and uh, out of doing it myself or listening to other people. I just kind of like to talk about it when it's here. Yeah. But was there anything else you guys want to talk about that's newsworthy before we ha- hop on into uh, most anticipated games? I don't think it's any any. Uh, I think there's correlation. Yeah, you know, idle hand type of thing. These gamers have idle hands, and so the rumors and everything and the leaks start seeping through the cracks. So, sure. yeah, it's just that time of the year. Uh, nothing noteworthy here. Yeah, agreed. Dave, onward and upward, my friend. What's a game, what's a game you're looking forward to? Oh, oh, we're just diving right in. No get lube, your, eh? Get your damn feet. Yeah, wet. no lube at all. Okay, <clears throat> let's give it a little hork. Um, right. So I, I kind of, for whatever reason, when we started talking about this, we, we were talking about the resolutions and we were going to have three. So I just came prepared with three games. Um, uh-huh. I guess I'll, I'll give you one and then you guys can go and we'll just kind of sure. do that, the whole rotating thing. Um, but the the first one, uh, I'll start with this because I kind of mentioned it last week, but... Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and I'm never not going to want to call that game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Survivor. Sure. Because I have to remember that the colon comes after Jedi and not after Fallen. Um, right. So Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, yeah, just to, I, I, don't, I won't go too much into it, but um, I'm kind of blind on this game. I haven't seen any trailers. I know the release date. I know Cal Kestis is back in it, and... Uh, I played Fallen Order last year and absolutely loved it. Uh, I wish I hadn't held out on that game for so long. Um, I know people who are replaying it a second time now that it's on PS Plus this month. Um, So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game coming out in March. Um, I don't know why I'm back on my Star Wars kick, but I'm just all about it. yeah, I don't even know what the new abilities or what else I can expect from the game other than that Cal Kest just looks a bit older and he's got a beard. So, yeah, I don't know. I know um, EA is going to come back in and knock it out of the park with this one because, um, yeah, I, I just I, I I like that after the whole Battlefront 2 fiasco, um, you know, EA has kind of doubled down on the um, single-player experiences and shown that, you know, they don't need to put out something that's going to generate cash for them long-term with microtransactions, but they can, um, you know, fund and publish games that are 
telling good stories and and use expensive properties and stuff. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. It'll probably be a day one for me, um, depending on what's going on. But yeah, Jedi uh, Survivor. <laughs> um, Fallen Survivor. Fallen Survivor. Yeah. Order of Survivor, Fallen Jedi, Star Wars, Princess Leia, something. Right. It's funny because I was so hyped up on, on the first game. And I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. But I feel like as soon as I finished playing it, I didn't think about it again for like a year. And... I'm interested in playing the next game. I'm definitely going to play it, but my hype level is like, and maybe this is just because I'm not a very hype guy. Like I don't get super hyped about a lot of stuff, but I just feel like it's going to come out and I'm going to play it and I'm going to enjoy it, but I just can't, I can't get myself to be excited about it. And I want to, because star Wars has been an integral part of my life since I remember. So Brandon, you're not a star Wars guy, but you did play the first century. Yeah. I didn't beat it. I kind of oh you didn't no I didn't I I fell short um too hard no no <laughs> fuck no dude I played Neo solo every boss that's the hardest thing I've ever done yeah. not even Dark Souls man if you ever get um, a chance it's got a really cool ending oh really yeah. yeah it's got a cool ending for Star Wars fans I don't know if it would have a cool ending for Brandon right fair enough fair yeah enough. yeah so that that being said, I think honestly, as good as it's going to be, I think I would need to give the first iteration another go. Yeah. Um, I have great respect for this game. Um, I enjoyed the time I had. It just wasn't for me. Um, there wasn't one specific thing that jumped out about it not enjoyable in any way for me. But yeah, it just it, it just didn't click. I wanted it to be more like Dark Souls and it wasn't enough like Dark Souls, but it was kind of like Dark Souls enough that I didn't like it. It was some weird in between. And the Star Wars stuff was doing nothing for me because I'm not really a fan. So those two things combined, I could respect the package. Beautiful game, awesome story, nice set pieces. Not for me. Yeah. So now I think it's going to be a good one. And I'm excited for the fans because, you know, a million Star Wars games have been out. Not all of them have been very good. So right. to have a unique uh, take on Star Wars in this way uh, is, is perfect. I think it fits great. Nice. Brandon, I'm up for you. I'm next. I'm going to say the last thing on my list first. Okay. Um, Lies of P. Oh, that's one of mine too. Lies of P. I'll come P. up with a different one. Sure. Is it P or pie? I, I think it's Lies of P. Yeah. Just Lies of P. Um, so this game... Another Dark Souls-esque uh, game. Many, many games have been inspired by the Dark Souls and Demon Souls series. Um, but this one's really unique. Uh, giving me Pinocchio. Obviously, it is the Lies of Pinocchio. Lies of P. Mm-hmm. Um, but really cool. Um, I love the art style. I watched all of the early, early trailers. I'm interested to see more. I'm hoping here sometime in the next couple months we'll get another dive on it at some point. Um, some of the stuff we've seen has been pretty decent though. Um, it's not like we've seen a cinematic and that's it. We've seen gameplay and everything. So, um, definitely hyped about this. Always looking for more experiences like that. Um, and, uh, just hope it grabs me like Fallen Order couldn't. So just love the vibes. It very Victorian puppeteer, almost Bloodborne-esque in a couple different ways, just the aesthetic. So um, really digging that. And just new IP is something I'm always an advocate of because, I don't know, you you just got to take a chance. You got to take a chance sometimes. And um, 
that's how people make it big. Yeah, I uh, I'm also very excited for this one because it's it's a genre that I don't normally click with and stay with. I've played a lot of different Souls S types of games and just never really. I don't know. It's not that they're too hard, although they are difficult and they certainly take some getting used to. That's not, but that's not the reason I drop them. I just, I don't know. I guess there's not enough of a narrative there for me, and I'm hoping this one changes that. It wouldn't be hard to add any extra bit of narrative, right? Because that's not exactly the easiest thing um, in these type of games. So yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be too much extra for uh, for it to be more than Dark Souls at points. It's also interesting seeing all this Pinocchio related stuff come up. Like we've had a couple movies in the last couple years and didn't Guillermo del Toro do it yeah he did yeah it's supposed to be really good I haven't seen it yet I haven't seen it either but uh I mean it's in the public domain right that's I mean that's how Disney got it to begin yeah. with so yeah but Pinocchio you know a lot of us grew up or I guess not with but we are familiar with the Disney Pinocchio right and Pinocchio the story of Pinocchio is much much darker than that Oh, absolutely. And so as a lot of them, most are. Disney I was just saying the, the grim tales. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. And obviously, you know, just going to be a different spin on it and everything. But I'm just excited for to see something set in a world that's like got a narrative. Has there ever I been guess? a Pinocchio game that wasn't a Disney game? I wonder. Has there ever been a Pinocchio game? I don't know. There, there may Disney have was churning out so many like low. Yeah, <laughs> they've all been ones. good, but I would imagine that at some point there was a Pinocchio game. Right, could be wrong. It is a little bit of an older property, but sure, it must have been something on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, on the Sega Saturn. All right, for me, I'm going to talk about Atomic Heart. I know this is no surprise to almost anyone, including you guys. And Brandon, I think it was probably one of your games as it well. It was. Yeah. That's why I didn't pick it right away. Because yeah. I wanted to pick... Also, it's so close. So it was yeah. top of mind. Yeah. Uh, so this is coming from Munfish and also Focus Entertainment. And it's supposed to be coming out end of next month. And I'm incredibly excited. I avoided seeing... After I saw the initial trailer, seeing too much about this. And I think it was after the Game Awards. There was more discussion about it. And I was like... I gotta watch this, and then I ended up watching like every video I could oh, find dude, about it. So good. Uh, mo- I mean, not like analysis videos, but like videos from other uh, or from official sources. So I am very excited to see what this is all about. I think it's probably going to be like Bioshock esque. Um, hopefully, it's not too similar because that would be a little disappointing because I don't think anybody can ever do it as well as Bioshock did again. I think it's impossible. I'm going to say it. I don't know. I'm going to say it. It's impossible, know. Brandon. Okay. Screw you. All right. But I think just the same, some of the similar mechanics are going to be awesome. And it, it looks like it's going to, I mean, none of the trailers have looked bad or anything. I would not doubt that this game has a little bit of, uh, for lack of a better word, Eurojank to it. I think it's going to be a little bit goofy, a little bit wonky, as it were, yeah, in the controls. Sure. But I think it's going to I don't even care about that. I'm I'm usually very much a a big narrative guy when I'm playing single player games. And I don't think this one is going to um, I don't really care about if this one does or not. Like the gameplay just looks so dynamic and so interesting to me that I'm excited to see what they have in store. And I'm curious about the reception on this one, too, just because they're Russian developers and people have a hard time um, separating developers from their 
country of from origin. their country of origin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm hoping they get a good reception if it's a good game. Yeah. And if they don't get a good reception, that's because of the game and not because of their nationality. But right. I digress a little bit. But I'm very excited. Uh, coming out, Game Pass, day, uh, one. day, one. day one. So that's a plus. Love like it. this is a game that I was looking at and thought I'm gonna buy. I'm, I'm gonna buy this game immediately, and not pre-order. I don't pre-order, but I was gonna buy it like on day one, and then they. I, I found out later that they had announced it for Game Pass and I didn't and I missed it and I was even more excited. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pumped on this one for sure. I need a good shooter that's also got some like RPG mechanics and it seems like this is yeah. going to have that for sure. Yeah. I will agree with your statement. I think that maybe Bioshock Ken Levine caught lightning in a bottle for story. Yeah, but I think that when describing a trailer after having done podcasting for many, many years now at this point, I've described games which I thought looked kind of like Bioshock and trailer. Sure. And so part of me wants to be hesitant, but this looks very promising. So I, Ken, maybe you got the lightning in the bottle. Maybe the story is the best <laughs> of all time. I think the gameplay can be replicated, oh, yeah, yeah. but built upon in a, in a good way because it's old. It's right. old now at this yeah. point. So I think there's a lot of ground that can be advanced as far as, you know, that sort of gameplay goes. But um, the trailers are making me excited, making me very excited. I hope that uh, said Eurojank doesn't creep in too much. As soon as you said that, I thought of um, Metro. Uh-huh. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Like literally exactly. Something is just like slightly different than most of the the american games that i play and i and i can't exactly nail it down i don't know if it's the engine i don't know yeah and for me Eurojank doesn't necessarily i mean even though the term comes from a specific region for me the term can be like i think a lot of bethesda games have a little bit of what i would call similar to Eurojank. yeah it's just you like know. just jank yeah it's jank. Uh, i guess i could just say <laughs> jank yeah jank yeah. non-ethnic jank yeah sure non-regional <laughs> specific just 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 run-of-the-mill jank just run-of-the-mill jank um but i'm very very excited about this we've beaten this to death yeah. um it looks amazing i'm gonna continue to be please to watch it just watch the trailers if you haven't if we haven't convinced you already this game looks fucking dope i don't know if you're in dave i can't remember are you in yeah i don't it, know it's if on game one. pass it's it's it you make a good point about the jank. Um, and I mean that it's, it's a pretty crowded first five, six months of the year. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm curious to see what state it launches in. Cause um, you know, this game's obviously been in development for a long time, but it is definitely intriguing. It is definitely cool. And being on game pass, there's no reason not to. Um, but just on the Bioshock thing, it just got me thinking like when Bioshock hit it big in like, 2006 whenever it was nobody really seemed to go after it like a lot of times when yeah. you see games come out like this that are new ish a new concept a new approach to sort of storytelling and gameplay and stuff you normally see like a lot of clones and that never really happened with um with bioshock uh and it's been so long since we've had you know infinite and then you know we have judas coming and now we have atomic heart and we have whatever the new Bioshock game is going to be. So we're getting a lot at once, but it's going to be cool to see. Definitely. There's, yeah. There's not a lot of other games that have really even tried to replicate it. Tended, let alone done yeah. so well. Yeah. yeah. Did they try? I don't know. I feel like there's in, in a little bit of dishonored with the two hand combat. I feel like there's a yeah. little bit of, a little bit of DNA in there. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. That's a good in point. the sense that there's, but 
but that's just because there's two hands. I don't know no, if there's anything else about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Dave, we're back to you. Uh, so the next one on my list, um, which this was a game I was really hoping was going to be coming like first two months of the year, but apparently that's not the case is, uh, Redfall. Mm, um, I was kind of hoping to be playing that game right now. Yeah. Um, because there was at one point where I think this game, the, the expectation was we were getting, um, Starfield when we were getting that. And then Redfall was going to come at some point. Like there was going to be a good distance between it. Um, so I was hoping it was going to come earlier than the year, but um, this rumored Xbox event, I'm assuming we're finally going to get a release date on Redfall, but I don't know what it is about this game, but when it was first announced, um, I kind of looked at it. It seemed kind of lame. It seemed like it was kind of trying to be young and hip and stuff like that. But um, after having played, um, you know, through some arcane games last year. I played through Dishonored and I played through Prey. Um, I'm into this game. And I I do recognize that um, based on what we've seen so far, this seems to me like it's maybe going to be the least arcane game that they've ever put out. But that's okay because um, I think we're going to have enough of arcane's personality and level design and creativity, but with a little bit more of the kind of games as service open world approach to video games that kind of keeps us coming back. So like, you know, with prey and dishonored, you kind of play through the story once get a bunch of abilities, all that kind of stuff. But once you're done with it, you're done with it. Whereas I think this might be the first game that Arcane's going to put out that it's really the sort of thing that um, you play on a continuous basis. So that I'm looking forward to, um, I like that they're dealing with vampires. I don't think enough games use vampires. I feel like everybody kind of defaulted to zombies for a long time. Yeah. Um, I like the co-op approach. You know, I've really gotten into Deep Rock Galactic over the past year. So I think this is kind of a natural thing for me to get into. Um, and it looks great. Um, it's it's obviously got that moody sort of spooky vibe to it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this game a lot. It's 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 going to be on Game Pass, so I don't need to say that this one's going to be a day one for me. But um, yeah, and I'm hoping you guys kind of check it out too because, again, it's a co-op game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'd be a lot of fun with friends. Um, so yeah, Redfall is my second anticipated game. I would say my second most. These are just, the, there's no order for no me. No order but here, yeah. Redfall yeah. Is, uh, is a game I'm really looking forward to. Nice. I'm so... I think my media blackout is part of what hurts me on hype yeah. Uh, because I try to just wait for games to come out and then decide if I'm going to play them or not. Or if I decide I want to play a game, I, I would just want to wait till it comes out. But Redfall is one that's just never really hooked me. And to the point where I just stopped, stopped looking at stuff about it. Right. And everybody I talk to so, talks about how hyped they are for it. And I'm just like, are people hyped for this game because it's a Microsoft exclusive or are they hyped for it because it actually looks good? Wait, is it a Microsoft exclusive? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so the funny thing is, is there's quite a bit of gameplay out there um, yeah. on Redfall. So, I mean, for anyone who's interested, like you can go and watch videos and, and get a pretty good sense. It's not like we have one gameplay trailer and one right. teaser and we just kind of have to go off that. But I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, we are hopefully seeing a bit of revolution when it comes to Microsoft and, sure. you know, 
where the days of just being Marcus Phoenix and Master Chief and Forza are hopefully changing. And and I think a lot of people are looking at things like Starfield and Redfall and hoping that, you know, this is this is the next big wave of, right. of exclusives. So um, I think that's one way that I'm looking at it. Um, maybe I'll be disappointed. Maybe I won't. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll definitely play it with you, Dave. Like you said, it's on Game Pass. There's no reason not to. So Sweet. I'm, I'm going to play it. Hopefully I'll stick with it. We'll yeah. see. Dave, honestly, I, I'm glad to hear this news. And I felt the opposite way. I felt like nobody was excited about, oh, really? about it but me. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Because I don't. I don't. I don't think Dustin's talking about it. Ben hasn't talked about it. So I'm glad to hear that somebody else is interested in this. And I think that it's a mixture of a couple different things. I think we have a good studio that's behind a game that has an awesome aesthetic and some interesting intrigue to it. Dave is right. Zombies are out. Let's try something new. And I saw something today, just actually before the show. We didn't bring it up, but something that actually. I was intrigued before. They had my curiosity, but now they have my attention. <laughs> um, and so this article, you know, I'm not going to read it, but it's from Games Radar, John West. He says, Redfall isn't Arcane's Left for Dead. It's the studio's spin on Far Cry. And that plays even more into what Dave's saying. And that's got me even more excited for this game. It has the vibes. It passes the vibe check. Yeah. That's what got me excited initially. The first trailer that dropped passed the vibe check, and it's continued to give me good signs ever since. I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket, but I am very excited for this. And the extra layer of co-op does nothing but intrigue me more. So I'm really hyped, man. Seriously, I'm going to have to check out some more gameplay footage. I didn't realize there was so much. I had just watched some of the early stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out, Dave. Brandon, you're up. I'm up. Shit. Let me pull up my list. Oh, I can let's go. take I can a look. No, 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 dude. I got it. Redfall was on mine, so I can't say that. Okay. I mean, you could. This is something. I think I know one of the other ones you're going to say, Ben, so I'm just going to do this one. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Damn it, dude. Very excited about that. Yeah. Um, I think it looks awesome. I think it is the Avengers game that we should have had. Yeah. Um, Watching the trailer. And I can't sick- wait to play as Hulk. Dude. I- yeah, right. <laughs> the Shark Man. Um. <laughs> It looks awesome. I love the spin on the good guy, bad guy dynamic. I mean, obviously, that's the entire idea of the Suicide Squad. I love that we're going to get a, a an evil Batman in a video game. That happens sometimes. I, did it happen in Injustice? We had the evil Flash. Everyone was pretty much evil. Anyway, it looks awesome. Yeah. Well, watching the trailer in 60 frames a second, seeing some of the gameplay. Now, the cinematic shit is cool, mm-hmm. but in the original drop for this game there was maybe not the original but pretty close there was some gameplay and the gameplay looks fucking sick man hopping around deadshot deadshot is that his name deadshot yeah deadshot hopping into the sky sniping people out of the sky shark man jumping off a roof slamming on people and just thinking of that and like harley double jumping backwards through the air smashing people i mean it just looks actiony it looks wonderful and i love the idea of Suicide Squad so much more than any other medium has been able to portray thus far. The movies were ass. They were just stankin' piles of trash. The new one with Pete Davidson was all right. Yeah. And John Cena, it was all right. They made it all right. But I'm excited to have a game. Brandon, um, have, you're talking about John Cena. Have you watched Peacemaker, the series? No. 
please do. Oh, dude, I want to check it out. You've seen the Suicide Squad yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Watch He's Peacemaker. hilarious in it. John Cena's Watch one of the best parts. Peacemaker. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that show. Oh, nice, dude. I'm and it's only, I don't know, it's a short se- short season that's HBO. Oh, is so, it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Watch I'm it. To, I'm going to have to peep that. Brandon, I'm also excited about it because Batman, I lo- I've loved Spider-Man for so long. And I've talked about that many times, and I like Marvel now more than I like DC. But Batman was one of my first loves, and anything set in that world is amazing. Plus, the Rocksteady games, the Arkham games. Well, dude, you got another good. We're talking about all these legendary developers. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean, I mean you, and you've got Rocksteady that's been working on it. Now, hopefully, the fact that they've been working on it for so long isn't a bad thing. But I'm very excited to see what it's all about. This is one that. Um, there's no question in my mind I'm going to enjoy it, Absolutely. even if it's not good. And that's the sad part is that I'll be it's hard for me to be objective on a game that I already know I'm going to like. So I'm excited to talk about it then, because yeah. I will not enjoy it even because of the source. But you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, in fairness, I should have liked Avengers, but it looked so bad before I even started it. That Yeah, it, that, yeah. that game was botched. There was no chance. Yeah. This one's going to come as a surprise. Oh, sorry, Dave. Did you have anything to say about Suicide Squad? No, no. Okay. All right. Well, screw you then. This one's probably going to come as a surprise to many people who have ever heard me talk about video games at all. I'm excited for Assassin's Creed Mirage. What? Assassin's Creed Mirage. Let's go. I'm not super hyped or anything, but I'm excited because they talk about how this is going to be a shorter, more focused game. And of course, shorter compared to recent Assassin's Creed games could still mean 50 hours. But I'm thinking that they're going to try to scale the whole thing back in some respect now unfortunately for me i don't have recent lore especially with was it ba- basilum basim basim yeah b-a-s-i-m from Venom. i don't know a whole lot about him from um the last assassin's creed game because i didn't play more than about five hours of it but I don't know if I need to. I'm just excited to jump in. This is a prequel, I think, uh, a different setting, of course, and try to play something that they're saying is going to harken back more to players who loved the old entries in the series. And so I know I've shit a lot on Ubisoft. I know I've shit a lot on Assassin's Creed. But every time I've ever shit on Assassin's Creed, I said, give me a game like the old ones. And they're saying this is going to be more like the old ones. So I have to give it a shot. I have to be excited for it. I have to be interested. Dave, I'm curious. You're an Assassin's Creed guy. You're an Ubisoft guy. Yeah. This is for you. Yeah, big time. This was this was um this was on the cutting room floor of my list, but yeah. um I'm excited for the same reasons that you are. I used to go into an Assassin's Creed games like looking forward to the game meaningfully meaningfully advancing sort of the Assassin's Creed story and lore. And I've been so disappointed over the past few entries that I'm not even going in that way anymore. But just to be able to get back to what made the game feel so good in like Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood and Revelations, um, it seems that's what the focus is. So, yeah, I'm right there with you, Ben. I'm looking forward to this one as well. Do you like that they're dropping the whole um, mysticism almost to it, the whole forerunners the whole old shit do you like that about it Dave? i'm sure like the the that'll still kind of be an aspect of it because i mean that's always an aspect of of assassin's creed game where there's there's like three timelines there's the present day that you're playing in there's the future with like desmond miles or um 
Layla Hassan, and then there's the the past, which is like um, the Isu and you know the original civilization stuff. So I think I think it's going to have that aspect in it in some way, but um, just to focus it in and not make me have to spend a lot of time in like an inventory menu. Just that's that's not Assassin's Creed. So right. if it doesn't have that stuff, then I'll I'll be happy. You want to be jumping off of peaks into hay bales, is what you're saying. You got it. You okay. got it. Cool assassinations and interesting, <laughs> like parkour is something that's also been missing. Like it's, yeah, it's know, it was dude. there in Valhalla Origins and Odyssey, but it just same. was. Yeah, like they kept it was there going, because it was in the engine. It just it's they kept going back in time further and further, so there was less and less like buildings and stuff for you to actually parkour on and it's like that was such a fun part of the game so by going to um i think they're in iraq or something like that Mm -hmm. um but it looks like it's it's going to be a lot more conducive to that sort of gameplay so yeah right there with you ben dave your next one uh my last one is uh hogwarts legacy coming out Mm. in three weeks um damn that's quick yeah, this is this is a game um, that I I love when people take franchises and and look at it from a different perspective. So it's going to be familiar to people who've seen the Harry Potter movies uh, or read the books. Um, but rather than sort of retread over old grounds, they you know could have easily just made a Harry Potter open world game, but instead they've decided to. Um, take you know the universe we know and love but look at it from a different perspective so we're still at hogwarts but this is going to be uh i think in the early 1900s you're a student at hogwarts so we're going to meet some new characters some new villains and stuff like that um the thing i think i'm most looking forward to is the main character in this game seems to be hogwarts the castle right um I have not read the books. I've just seen all the movies and uh, I had a chance to watch a feature on GameStop, sorry, GameSpot uh, a little while ago. And uh, the hosts that were sort of moderating the feature um, were all people who'd read all the books. And as they were kind of walking around the castle, like there was stuff that they were seeing that wasn't in the movies, but like they knew from like, like reading it from the book Um, so I know there's a lot of detail kind of going into this and it's just such a mysterious setting that I think it's going to be really fun to kind of go through in the open world and read about it and and discover new things. And plus you get like all the area outside of Hogwarts that you can explore too. So, um, I was kind of in then, uh, I had a chance to see a little bit more from the, uh, combat perspective. And I always thought like, fighting someone with a wand look kind of lame, but somehow the developers have seemed to have nailed it because the combat in this game looks really, really, really cool. A lot of different spells you can use, a lot of different builds you can make and combinations you you can use. Um, There's like an arena you can go in and and just kind of fight waves and waves of enemies to try new things. So um, this game's got a lot going for it. I think it's going to have an interesting open world, a lot to discover, um, and a cool combat system. And then you throw some story on top of that. And I think you got a pretty cool game. So yeah, yeah Hogwarts legacy is my, my other anticipated game for this year. That was mine too, Dave. That was, nice. that was my third one. And for a lot of the same things you said, and part of the reason I'm in, I'm excited for it is because I wasn't excited for it at first. And it's one of those that I still tuned in the stuff because I wasn't sold and I became sold. So I'm excited for it as well. And that yeah. was actually gonna be my third pick too. Yeah, no, I, 
I think the mount system is really cool. I'm glad you could fly around on your broom. You could fly around on the Griffin. I feel like that's going to be a really awesome addition yeah. and really add to the environment of the game. Um, just being able to view it um, in such a way would be really cool. Um, on the broom, something I know I imagined when I watched the Harry Potter movies way, way long ago. Uh-huh. Um, but I think this game's going to be pretty good. It it has some good signs. I'm not personally interested in this game, yeah. but I think one of the best things this game has going for it is that it cut out multiplayer altogether. Yeah. Um, trying to attempt the balancing hell that is a multiplayer game and a single player game can sometimes be difficult, even if you separate the two because the multiplayer is so fickle. Um, so I think that this will be a nice way to experience that game in the best possible way. Um, you know, with the most um, vigor, with the most intensity. Um, they don't have to skimp on anything for the sake of it being fair um, because it's a single player experience. So I think that honestly, I'm glad that they did it the way they did it. So, well, I can't wait to play it on the Switch when it comes out there. So, <laughs> Brandon, six frames a second. Next game um, Diablo 4. Damn it. That was my backup. Yeah. So I don't have a third one now, yeah. but go ahead. Diablo 4. Um, a lot of these games we've already talked about in recent weeks, but Diablo 4 looks amazing. Um, I'm going to reiterate that there is some concern from my part mm-hmm. of how this game is going to launch based off of the bonch, botched Overwatch 2 launch and based off of the continued hellish microtransactions that are in Overwatch 2. Um, a lot of people will say, Brandon, that's what they have the mobile game for. And I say there is no limit. Yeah. To, to corporate greed, um, especially when it's been so blatant and uh, flagrant um, and, you know, almost spit in the face of an Overwatch <laughs> fan. Yeah. Um, just now, I mean, months and months and months after launch are the Battle Pass skins, even looking anything like legendary or interesting skins at all. And even then, the package is still lackluster. So with that as the closest, not not the same team, I get it. That with the closest thing I have from the studio being released sure i'm a little bit concerned but nonetheless we're hearing a lot of good buzz about it so i want to be hopeful but i don't know that they would drop the microtransaction bomb on people that were playing pre-release so that's my only concern do you remember so i'm also very excited for the game and i also have the same hesitations you do do you remember when people were previewing diablo immortal and talked about how amazing it was and how it didn't seem like there were going to be any microtransactions and everything else. Jesus. And it ends up being one of the most egregious mobile games in a decade. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. So, yeah. yeah, I know they can. And the fact that a- another Diablo game is so heavily based on microtransactions, I'm not saying they can't differentiate. I'm not saying that's not possible. Sure. It just doesn't really seem likely with the last two things I have in my memory Here, <laughs> of, of Blizzard. So here's the thing about about Diablo and Diablo Immortal. It's a phone game. I get it. Okay. You're going to have microtransactions out the ass. Whatever. Go for it. It's free. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch. It's always been microtransaction heavy, but it's even more egregious now, especially now that it's free to play. Well, that's Overwatch free too. too. That's why. Right. That's the only reason why, right? <laughs> Diablo 4. If they, okay, let's say they want to put a season pass or something along those lines in it. I think people could get along with that. I'm not against that necessarily. But people... They, I personally think if they do not lay this full of microtransactions, they will sell more copies. Now, 
Granted, long term, does that mean they'll make more money? I don't know if they do implement some sort of monetization. Oh, they will. But something. I do think that Diablo 4 will perform better and be received better and probably give them more goodwill and potentially even more profits than if they because like if they if they I'm so excited for Diablo 4 and if they fill it full of microtransactions, there's a good chance I will not buy it. Same. So I'm just going to play Immortal if that's the case. Right. You know, like literally, that's kind of what we're up against. And or so, I'll go back and play two and three. Dude, yeah, I love three. Might as well. Diablo one's fine, but no, I've got better than and that now. I do want to make it clear. I don't have a problem with all microtransactions. No. I wouldn't even have a problem with some sort of battle pass esque right. thing coming to Diablo. If I can get some cool, you know, some cool creatures to walk beside me and collect my coins. Right. If I can get a cool armor augmentation, something like that, I wouldn't be against it. Sure. But Blizzard has shown that they are willing to give you a lackluster product for a premium price. Right. Or if it's Overwatch, give you old product for a premium price. Right. So all i'm concerned about really agreed they're like diablo 3 skins now you can buy them in diablo 4 <laughs> seriously like, know, like that know. that's what i'm thinking of yeah. is yeah all right so my my last one was hogwarts and my backup was diablo 4 so i'm not going to try to stretch and find another one um those are some of our anticipated games obviously there's many more games to come many more games we're excited about and also probably plenty of other games we haven't heard about yet that will be announced and released this year we hope I think a lot of people have held off on on. I mean, there's Sony definitely has more in the pipeline, I think. And I'm thinking that they haven't they and other people haven't announced their games because they don't want to announce them and then them get delayed for two years. So that's just my in guess. Any, so. In any case, I mean, it's this is going to be a good year because oh, we yeah. just talked about eight games between the three of us and none of them were called Starfield or Zelda or Spider-Man like there's it's gonna be a good year boys yeah absolutely good year dude after last year there were some good ones but it's not gonna be hard to follow last year yeah in a lot of ways as a whole i'm not saying there's not good ones yeah oh yeah i i never had a lack of anything to play last year but there wasn't a whole lot that was like industry bangers right there's a couple for sure brandon what have you been playing dude i've been playing so much um i actually had to write it down because I because I made a list. Okay. So I'm gonna start with the one that I played the least. I did try out Vampire Survivors finally. Yeah. Um, it was insanely different than I had imagined in my head. I had never seen what the game looked like. You guys had talked about it a bunch. Uh-huh. I don't know how to feel about it. I've only tried it on mouse and keyboard, and there's like one fucking control. So I need to play it on controller. Yeah, I personally, even if you're playing it on your PC, I would still recommend playing yeah. with the controller. So I think that's why I haven't tried it more uh-huh. is because I didn't end up hooking. I, I've tried it two or three times. I never ended up hooking up the controller, which yeah. is my own fault, but it yeah. seems very interesting. Glad it's cheap as hell and seems to be awesome. Yeah. So, you know, props to them. Um, I don't think I said this last week. I don't think I was finished with it. I did finish Need for Speed. Yes, you did. did I, I think that, you did. Okay. It'll, I don't know. I, I mix up what you say in the show versus what we talk yeah, about right. outside the show. Um, I tried Metal Hell Singer. Okay. Uh, on Game Pass, and I don't think I like it. No. Well, all right, the show's over, guys. I don't <laughs> think Forever, I actually. like it. I love music. Yeah. I love heavy music. Yeah. I have good rhythm. You know, I was in choir my whole life, decent at Guitar Hero. I think my biggest problem with these rhythm-based games is 
it looks too much like Doom. I'm just trying to play Doom mm. when I'm when I'm playing yeah. it. My mind is so I'm literally shooting demons and you know chopping them in half with my you know like I don't know right. something about it wasn't quite quite clicking with me. Um, about seventy percent of the time I was doing well, yeah, and then the other thirty percent was pure nightmare for me. Mm. Um, what so, difficulty were you playing on? I was playing on normal. Okay, I might have to pop it down to easy and keep trying. I like it. Yeah. I, I I see the quality. I just I have that feeling in my gut that I'm going to fall off. Yeah. So it's on Game Pass. There was zero uh, barrier to entry aside from yeah. the price I paid for Game Pass. So, um, yeah. I not- don't know if Metal Hellsinger is one of the best games of last year, but it is one of my favorites yeah. for sure. So that's yeah. disappointing to hear. And um, I guess I can find another friend. So <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, Dustin was playing, speaking of us Steam sharing, he was playing something and I wanted to play Neon White, which I'll yeah. talk about here in a minute. Uh-huh. But he was playing. And so I played Civ 6. I, oh, yeah. I had played a couple hundred hours of Civ 5. Just go offline. And have never, really? You could just go offline and play. God damn, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Good to know. Yeah. But I played Civ 6. Um, I played it for about seven and a half hours, which was one total game. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. I played as Cleopatra. Man, Civ is so fucking good. Yeah. Seriously, these games are awesome. Playing that again just took me back to my to my high school days, playing on my overheating MacBook Pro. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested to dive back into that a little bit. It just seriously is such a time suck. Like I said, seven and a half hours for one sitting is a bit much. I know you can save, but it's an investment. Well, also, you've been away from it for so long. I have a feeling that if you... Uh, were like seasoned at it like if you were had been playing recently right that that match would have taken you a lot less because you have to you have to relearn so many things yeah Yeah. but that was really awesome honestly kind of like a a blast from the past civ 6 seems to be really awesome i want to fuck around with the weather mechanics and stuff more but i haven't really tried that yet um and lastly but certainly not leastly neon white yes i've been playing so much neon white I really like this game, guys, yeah. like a lot. Yeah. Um, and I am most of the way done now. I've gotten all the uh, greenish teal trophies, so I've I've maxed out. I know there's a tier above it, the red tier, after you beat the game, I'm assuming. But I've got all the teal trophies for all the max times, um, and I've got all the presents. I'm almost done with it. And something that's big for me, Dustin said the story is whatever, I've listened and completed every single side quest and mission thus far. Yep. Listen to all the story. That's big for me. Yeah. I mean, actually big. I'm I'm actually interested in this game, which is surprising, to be honest. At times, it's very anime. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you're not really interested in that sort of story or that sort of interaction between characters, it can be kind of cringy at times. I could tell it was written by you know, probably a bunch of people, but like younger people, yeah. I could tell that just by listening to the audio, um, which isn't a dig, um, right. but it's just different. Um, so, oh, dude, yeah, it's just so fun. They're describing it as like a roller coaster shooter. It almost is at points. It's right. just like pure speed. The menus are popping. The music is popping. It's giving me a lot of persona vibes at points only because of the vibes. And I'm saying vibes a lot today, but all the games we're talking about have the vibes. Yeah. The music is there. The graphics are there. It's just a solid idea. And the story has actually been grabbing me. Even if it hasn't been peak the entire time I've been playing, a lot of the high points of this game have kept me. Yeah. Um, and I 
would not have expected that. I would have expected knowing myself to like the gameplay and just completely blitz slash skip most of the dialogue, but I've listened to it all. So um, really excited to finish that out this week. Um, man, it's interesting yeah, it's because... It's so much fucking fun, man. So I got a, a code unsolicited for Neon White when it came out. Yeah. And I played it, and I played. It, they sent it to me on Switch, and I was very hesitant thinking that i wouldn't love it but i did and i started like tweeting about it and i started talking about it and i felt crazy because no one else seemed to give a shit about it there's not that much on the internet and i'm like Like, i'm like what's going on here and i told you and dustin we went on a trip together for a couple days and i told you guys and you were both like eh. and then multiple other times i was like dustin you need to play neon white and you need to play it on pc you will like it nah I tried at one at one point. I was like, "Hey, it's on sale for ten dollars. You should buy it." Yeah, and then he ended up playing it and loved it. And then you, I told you to play it. You ended up playing it and loved it. Uh, there was somebody else. I can't remember who it was. I think it was somebody in the Discord. I told to play it, and they ended up loving it. And I was like, "Okay, I wasn't crazy, yeah. but there's something about the game that is unappealing to the eye, but but fascinating to actually playing it." I think that the the gameplay is so captivating. Yeah. And the story is good if you're willing to give it grace. I don't know if it's good, but it's tolerable for me. Well, yeah, it's it's there. Yeah. Um, I think that not everything being voiced has a big problem in that. Yes. When games don't have all of its dialogue voice, that can be kind of a slog sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's also the inverse of the incredibly fast paced gameplay to the kind of slow dialogue at points. Right. So. I, I will know. say for anybody who's thinking about checking out Neon White, I played it on Switch and it was fine, but I also played it on Steam and it was way better. Way, 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 way better. Just by the way it controls. Okay, Brandon, sorry. Can we, can we clip oh, that? that was you, we just clip you saying, uh, I played it on Switch and it was fine. I need to like get that tattooed on my lower back. <laughs> yeah. After all the abuse <laughs> I've taken for playing games on Switch. That feels good. I think but it was good what to I hear said right after that. I it's, think it'd be ass. It's on way Switch. better on PC. Yeah, I think no, no, no. Be... Once I heard what I wanted to hear, I just stopped hearing. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Ma- imagining playing that with the little joysticks, trying to get good times as opposed to mouse, and sounds awful. All the other controls are on the buttons. Oh, the the like controller buttons. It's not. Yeah, I don't know. But... It's not optimal, but it's serviceable. Yeah, I'm sure it works, but it's really good on PC. Yeah, check really it out. Good. It looks great. Does that wrap it up? You got more? That's it, man. That is. That's it. Davey, what you got? I have nothing new. I've okay. been playing uh, Cyberpunk, uh, NHL, and Marvel Snap. Um, I want to talk briefly about Cyberpunk. Um, obviously, this game uh, was infamous for a long time, and I've I've kind of hit a point where I'm starting to see stuff, and I'm starting to see little visual glitches, and... Um, I've, I've had uh, checkpoints that I've had to restart because like an elevator wouldn't work. Um, and I, I've, act- I've actually had the game lock up uh, a couple times at the menu screen. So like when you go to click continue um, and restart, you know, play the game from where you left off last time, uh, it's just locked up. Um, I've also realized that like there's a design thing in this game where um you'll be like on a side quest and you'll be going to do something in that side quest 
but like if you approach an area where there's something that another quest giver told you about they will like call you or message you and be like hey that thing i told you about is close by and what ends up happening sometimes is you have like two or three different people calling and messaging you at once and you're just trying to like follow one like quest marker. Yeah. And I just thought like, fuck, Geralt of Rivia didn't have this problem because he didn't have a goddamn cell phone. But it was, <laughs> there was a couple times where I was just like, okay, I literally have no idea what I'm doing right now because like there's so much going on. Um, so yeah, but I have never felt so like ingrained in a game story and characters before. Um, so none of what I just said matters because this game was just so well done from a narrative standpoint and a world building standpoint. So I'm having a really, really, really good time with, uh, cyberpunk. I actually spent some time today reading about the lore of like all the shit that happened leading up to the events of the game. Um, because I think it's important, like as an example, all of the cars in the game seem to be like, like slightly futuristic versions of cars from like the late eighties and early nineties. Uh-huh. And I was just like, why is that? So like I had to go and read to figure out, you know, why like technology from, you know, a vehicle standpoint kind of stopped in 1993, but yeah, it's just such an interesting game and I'm, I'm really having a good time with it, but uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Nice. Cool. I have pretty much only played uh, two games this week. And they are Dead Space 2008. Yes. And the Callisto Protocol. I finished them both and uh, actually put out a video on Dead Space today. Hell yeah. Uh, talking about, about that experience. So, Dead Space, for those who don't know, I've never played before. This uh, satisfied two of my, well, not satisfied, but went towards satisfaction of two of my resolutions. So, we're all, sounds like we're all on our way. Um, but, I have never been a big horror fan, and for me, uh, I'll get to Callisto Protocol in a minute, but I kind of wanted to play Callisto Protocol, but I felt like I needed to play Dead Space as a rite of passage, just because I know they're not similar in too much fashion, but because of the legacy and because of Glenn Schofield being involved with both and all that kind of stuff, but Dead Space is just, I don't know, it was purely pleasure the whole way through. I had some technical issues because I was playing on PC and apparently there's like a notorious issue with PC and running at higher frame rates and certain things not working. But once I got all that sorted out, it's awesome. It controls a little bit heavier than you remember games in that era controlling, but it definitely, once you get adjusted to the slow pace, it's awesome. And uh, I love so much about Dead Space in the fact that there's so many things about that space that make it spooky while not just being, Hey, I'm going to scare you. Right. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like jump scares and stuff like that. And there are some in there. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, it's just like the world is terrifying. And so I don't want to go into too much detail because it's such an old game, but I did play it. I'm not hundred percent certain when, but I do want to jump into dead space two and three and of course, um, my interest has certainly peaked for the remake uh, coming out later this month. I, <laughs> excuse Wow. Excuse me. I also played uh, Callisto Protocol. And this is a game that I was very not interested at first. And my hype level did grow as it got closer and closer. And then once it came out, 
all the reviews and the the public discourse, I didn't really read reviews, but the public discourse just kind of made me not interested. And once I finally decided to give it a try, I was like, what the hell are people talking about? This game is awesome. Now, it's certainly got its issues. There are some uh, there are some problems with enemy variety. There are some issues with a little bit of predictability in it as far as the story goes. But it's almost like you're experiencing a film and interacting with it. It's not anywhere near a walking simulator. There's still lots of gameplay that you're actually performing yourself. But every every bit of it feels like an experience rather than just... Sorry, it feels like a narrative rather than just purely an experience. And I loved it. I don't know uh, how much to say about the narrative because like I said, that was probably the least fascinating part to me, even though it was good. But just the fact that like the first three or four chapters, you're, you're just like viewing it as much as you're playing it. And for me, I really like that mix of gameplay and story mixed in there. Um, the the combat is extremely satisfying. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of melee. And there's even a way that like it goes um, that you, you combine melee with your shooting as well. So they work together really well. And I don't know, it worked for me. I'm not really so sure what everybody had an issue with. There was a lot of complaints about the dodge mechanic, which I had zero issues with. There were a lot of complaints about the combat system being too repetitive, which I can understand, but because of, I said earlier, there wasn't enough enemy variety, but there was enough enemy variety in their attacks that once you figure out the mechanic, it totally just makes sense and just clicks and every hit feels satisfying and every death feels satisfying and every time you stomp a dead enemy to get the loot out of their body or whatever the hell you're doing feels satisfying and i think if the game the game i i finished it in like mm, somewhere between nine and ten hours i think it and that was on normal normal difficulty if you played it for a lot longer than that i think it would definitely wear out its welcome but the time i spent with it was awesome i really enjoyed it and you know this is probably like a seven between a seven and an eight somewhere if I were to rate it, which I'm not going to do. And for me, if I had a lot more games that were in that range rather than, you know, Oh, we got a banger here and then we've got a really bad game here. I would prefer more games in that. Like this is a a linear game with fun action and it doesn't overstay its welcome. And for me, that's exactly what I needed and finished it in like two, maybe three settings, something like that. It's super satisfying when you Very do satisfying. that. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I I recommend the Callisto Protocol as a game. I don't know if I recommend it at $70. Uh, I think it, it, if it gets a initial price drop, I think I'd jump at it at the initial price drop. And if it ever hits 40 or hits 40 anytime soon, I would say don't blink. Yeah. I'll say I'll bite at 40. Yeah. 40 bucks. All day. Yeah. All day. I'll bite at almost anything that's 40. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So those are the games I played. And um, a couple of you guys asked me about uh, my YouTube's channel. Um, it's Ben at Ben is handsome. YT is the tag. So you can check out my video on Dead Space there. It's about 20 minutes long. A little rambly. I was trying to do it without any notes. So I don't know. I don't know how, how it did, but or how it uh, how it actually is. But 
I had a good time making it and actually just like looking back on an old game that I hadn't played before because that's not something I often do. Yeah. So that's that's it for me. That's it, boys. That's it for the show, too. That's it for the show. Hold on. Hold got. on. I yeah. got an update. I was wrong. Uh, it wasn't Subway or Mr. Sub. She must have heard you because she brought Glizzy's home, boys. Oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> dude. The Glizzy gods. Where are they from? Down. Are they from a gas station? I think she bought the components from a grocery store. And oh. we're going to... A little bit DIY, but uh, I'm looking so forward to her, it. Nonetheless. I don't want to cook, and she brought home things for you to cook. I would hardly call that cooking, but sure. technically you're right. Yeah. I yeah. got to ask you, Dave, pan fry, boil, or grill? Uh, grill. Grill okay. is, you okay. need those char marks. You That's need superior. to cut the glizzies, give them those little slits, and yes, then they the kind of open and bloom and yes. shit. You need some slits in your glizzies. <laughs> That's right. Nice. You know, and a pinch I've been known to microwave one, but you know, you, you do what you got to do to get by. Yeah, that's true. I'm excited for you, Dave. All right, boys, let's get out of here. We'll catch you next week. Don't forget about the Patreon. Don't forget about the Discord. We'd love to have you hop into either one or both. And uh, we'll see you when we see you. Bye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O., Nuke Dukem, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats. <laughs>